and all of a sudden we had a computer Several things. 
But the ground thing that was that we have to professionally using corporate ideas change the narrative. That is the broader vision of how do we bring about a renaissance trying to think like an entrepreneur. So if somebody were to say, okay, what exactly was this thing? There's an entrepreneurial thought of taking risks, of thinking big, of trying to be uh, structured and process oriented. And that's why if you see a lot of my mails, all the mails that you see, there's a, a lot of orientation towards that kind of a reporting, feedback, asking for feedback, asking for, you know, those kind of things. Because this is just a not-for-profit, right? So you, you can say that we don't need to do these things. But on the other hand, we do these things. Then there's always a connect of trust that is developing between people, saying that, yes, if you know that, if I have to take a decision, I know that there is a standard. There will be some kind of a standard in my responses. So that is how this has grown and this is how that journey has been. So I just walk you through this so that this gives you a framework and later on we'll all have presentations by individuals and we'll share our experiences. And we'll ideate and we'll come back with actionable points, maybe three months, maybe six months, maybe for a year, as to how do we progress and how do we change the narrative. So the first and foremost, this definition as to who are we and what's our vision. To summarize and synthesize it into saying that we are a non-traditional university in quotes for traditional knowledge. So it's a very succinct statement that we are trying to promote a traditional knowledge. But we are trying to do so in an unconventional way. We are not a regular university and we are not boxed into one regular university. No, we cannot be boxed in. So we are an unconventional university, a non-traditional university, an un-university as you are going to say. Thing. They won't be a renaissance. It's just not a dry thing that yes, 
the Vedas were fantastic or the thought was fantastic and there won't be a renaissance there. Renaissance will only happen if all the three are integrated and all the three are there. And that's why the renaissance has to be integrated and like I keep talking, this is our time and we have to talk about a global renaissance. Because there is a response and because of the need, yes, we are destined to be Vishwaguru and all that. But today there is a momentum for people consuming our culture. Certainly not a lot of people don't identify with it, but there is a need for that. So that's why, that's the reason, to bring about a global renaissance. Now the question is, how do we do this? I look at it at two levels, at the individual level and at the collective level. So you have two angles to this. There's an individual that needs to be transformed and there's a collective that needs to be transformed. So think about it in two ways. So we're trying to bring about a global renaissance of Indian thought at the individual level and the collective level. Which brings me to the question, what is Indian thought? And who is an Indian? And this has again taken some time to chisel this definition. And that is something for you to think about. And if you agree with that definition, you feel for it. A lot of people say, oh, okay, what is the Indian Academy? Or who is the Indian? What is the Indian thought? So how do we put it together in a summary, in a, in a way that people understand it very, very clearly? So this is one framework as to who is an Indian. So an Indic is one who celebrates, so there's a need to celebrate. It's not an intellectual thing that, okay, there's a celebration. <coughs> there's an emotion that is required. That's what we need to live up also. There's a celebration of what? Of the continuity. This is not 1947, India was not born in 1947. The continuity, the civilization continuity, the identity and the heritage that we That's what we are celebrating. We don't celebrate, then it's not, we are not an Indian, it's just an intellectual exercise that we are doing. The other thing is somebody who transcends, the world is being divisive. Why is it being divisive? Between left and right, between liberal and conservative, everything is a, a divisive construct. Right? And this divisive construct <coughs> permeates. So an Indian transcends this. That is that's our knowledge. <coughs> our knowledge transcended the concept. There was no concept of science and humanities. There was no concept of East or West. Right? There's no concept of tradition and modernity. And traditional and modern at the same time. So there's no need to say that oh this is traditional and this is modern. There's no such construct. It's a continuum. So somebody who is able to do transcend these dualities can be said to be an Indic. And then what exactly is this Indic thought in comparison to the global thought forms that are out there? Is that there are four things. One, it's non-dogmatic. It's non-exclusivist. It's non-predatory. I don't go out and convert and it's non-violent. And all these qualities are very important qualities, especially when you're trying to compare it with other ideologies, and other uh, thoughts. Our thought doesn't have these four things. It's also adaptive and self-reforming. It's like an enigma or whatever. So it's it takes in people, takes in thoughts, takes in ideas, there's a constant adaptation. Sure enough, our thought and our practices, there could be issues, discrimination. Right? Think about it. And that is the what we are trying to preserve, protect, and promote. Which brings back to strategy. Point, you're a non-traditional university for traditional knowledge seeking to build a global Indic renaissance. You are an Indic, there's an Indic thought. Great. Then what? What's your strategy? Right? And the strategy here is 
That, again, like I was mentioning, it's integrated. It's an integrated strategy. It cannot be uh, just one silo or one aspect. It's integrated. And we are trying to do all the three. Preserve, protect, and promote. You have some very great scholars who have devoted their entire life. Uh, people like Rajiv Manohar, for example. is protecting us. There is a continuous barrage of attacks on us, and he's understood and he's protecting us. That's a protection, right? Preservation. What Om Charitable Trust is doing, the documentary that we saw, that's preservation. The Gurukulam that we saw, that's preservation. They are not concerned about the external world, but they're preserving the external world. So you have preservation is important, protection is important. And promotion is important. And to whom do you promote? Promote to our own children, whom we are going to lose if we don't do it, who will become the social justice warriors or millennials or whatever thinking that happen. And promote it globally, who are already consuming a culture. So that is what we are trying to do. Promoting it to this is so the question is who is who is my customer? You have to think about who is my customer, right? So the customer here, in, uh, in, in, in just to give you a framework, is the global millennials who are already consuming culture, but they're not acknowledging that it's from ours, <coughs> and the Indian millennials. You know, I don't need to promote it to you, I don't need to promote it to you. We're all, all in. This is my customer. So this thinking that, who is my customer, is a very important thing that we need to understand before we do anything. What exactly? Then the other thing is, there is a simultaneous thinking in three horizons. I'm thinking near term, medium term and long term. So once you start thinking simultaneously in a three horizon framework, there is an attack on us today in school or whatever thing is. And there is an attack on uh, Shafali or... So these are all an immediacy that is there. There is a near term narrative that has to be thought of. But then, they are very smart. Right? So then, Think about the next thing and the next thing. So you have to think about in a three horizon framework, doing all these three things. The because the sheer innovation that they are capable of is brilliant. I mean, just in terms of uh, uh, you know about how they bring about new caste definitions to the gods, in, uh, or, uh, or we are not treating or uh, challenge people properly. This, you know, if you just scan through any of these magazines, you will see a pattern on how they continuously come up with new ways of which they will attack us. The fact that we are a fresh uh, civilization, or I mean there's so many things, but I'm just saying that it's, it's, you have to think in different horizons. The other thing is in terms of disciplines. This thinking of disciplinary thinking, right, that there's an inter Indian knowledge systems, and there's a, a discipline for writing, there's a discipline called soft power, there's a discipline called spirituality. Now I'm uh, talking to Gopi, and I'm, I'm already thinking of a center for gender studies, a transgender and gender, sexuality and all that. Because there, he'll he talk about it, and they're completely uh, at us on that. So, discrimination. So, we have to think in terms of the domain expertise and think in terms of the centers, because discipline. And then the functions of any university. To go to any university, you will have academics, you will have research, you will have events. But in our university, we have platforms. This is what I'll talk about. So, this is the strategy. 
we are integrated strategy across intellectual, cultural, and spiritual. We seek to preserve, protect, and promote to global millennials and Indian millennials. We think in terms of a three horizon framework across disciplines and across functions. This is a strategy. Now let's look at the, at the individual level what needs to be done and how, how, how an individual can get transformed. First and foremost, if we go back to our concept of Swadharma, think about it and think that any person is broadly can be classified into either he is a thinker or he is very good at organizing or he is very good at communication. This is a broad way of uh, uh, just to give a perspective of the core strengths of a person, core strengths of an individual. Yeah, and you and you map, yes, there will be people who are good in all the three. There will be people who are good in only one. Right? There will be good people who will be good in two. Right? If you are good in all the three, then there's a leadership uh, of a different kind. But if you're good in two, then there's a different kind. If you're good in one, it's a different kind. It's it, there's no problem. For example, a Conrad Elsa, right? He's not an organizer. They're not a communicator, they're a thinker. They're a fantastic thinker. They still can't tell again, right? They're phenomenal uh, thinkers and ideas. You don't need to expect them to organize something for you and organize a conference for you. They're not organizers. They're not communicators. But look at, for example, Chef Ali. Chef Ali is a phenomenal communicator. I mean, the kind of fan base that she has built. Yesterday she tweeted, and there's so many people here in Bangalore made, made a comment, meet you, you want to spend time with you, you want to learn from you. This is what happens when you're a brand, when you're a communicator, right? So if you think of every person in these three categories, and you can see that every person has got, you can slot. For example, I am not so good in one department. The other department, yes, organizing and communication. Then every person, has got a certain passion. We all see Nitin is passionate, apart from his latest book, shopping. He's passionate about other things. But he's passionate about Vedanta. Right? That's his uh, passion. And Srinivas uh, Rabodi is passionate about history. About the Vedic history. and uh, So each of us had a certain passion. Right? We have a friend, Suresh, who is passionate about Vedanta and who is passionate about MCI. So, but if you see broadly, I call it because of my little bit of Vedantic, uh, this thing as Paravidya and Apravidya, or this objective sciences and science, uh, subjective sciences. I have not put method sciences aside. But broadly, Indic knowledge systems can be classified into two categories of knowledge systems. One is external things, which includes architecture, all, all the things, external things, and subjective, which includes your yoga, Vedanta, looking at it. Right? So just think about it. So each of us within the Indian knowledge systems are passionate about one of these things. In this, there are any number of categories of uh, knowledge systems that is embedded there. Then, there are four things that you can become. Either you can become a serious academic, or you can become an author, or you can be an artist, or you can become an artist. So when you are conveners and your Ramoth Kumar is organizing this, he's an activist. So if you look at him, his core strength is organizing. That manifests itself, he's a rebelsive, right? And he's an activist. So if somebody knows Ramoth Kumar, this is how you will sort him. Chartered accountants kind of thing. We are talking about the narrative. 
So therefore, already you are thinking it's a selfless activity. So therefore, you, it's a larger goal that we want to protect our, our heaven. Now, within this, this is where the, the insight that we have to think about the customer. The customer is the king. And what does the customer want? So every part of your wisdom, all the insights that you have, can be classified either as a product, or a service, or as an experience. Right? If you think of... These are the three things. Because our knowledge system also gives these beautiful experiences. This morning we have these experiences, the customer experience. Right? So anything about our knowledge system is between these three. But then, the next question is, what are the qualities or what are the attributes of that customer service that we need to think of? Because already our kinetic thought is already being consumed globally. They have just come and picked up a few things here and there, and they are consumed. Right? So, what is it that we are doing? What we are trying to do is that any product, service or experience has to be authentic. That's the only way we can reclaim our wisdom and say that this is us. So authenticity is very, very important. The second thing is, again, this whole thing of, even Carnatic music, they say there's no need for bhakti. If you listen to Tia Krishna, there's no need for bhakti. Right? So yoga, they remove bhakti. Everything they remove the bhakti element. So without, our thing is bhakti is the core of Indian knowledge system. Bhakti is the core. Self-transformation, inner transformation is the core. So if you remove bhakti from it and take the top, it's, there's nothing, there's nothing left there. You will have some physical benefits, you will have some psychological benefits, good, mindfulness and all that. But there's no transformation. So if you want, and if you're thinking of your knowledge systems as a product, service or experience, those product, service or experience have to have these three qualities, which is authentic, immersive, and transformative. It has to transform you. This is what we need to think of whenever we are thinking of changing this narrative. And lastly, again, the spirituality aspects of it. Spiritual but not religious. Right? It's spiritual, therefore religious. That's how I define this. You cannot be spiritual. I challenge anybody. Anybody I'm ready for a debate. Define spirituality and tell me how you can be spiritual without being emotional. There's no such thing. It's a, it's a contradiction in terms. Meditation on a candle or meditation on a mantra is on a without understanding the devotion. It's not, it, it's just one aspect, the physical aspect. So it has to have devotion, the discipline, and the knowledge. And therefore, the inner transformation of the self with the capital. These three elements are there. So when we talk about the individual level, I have interacted with more than 200 people in, in the last five years intimately. And this is what I take off when I when, when I meet, when I, when I interact with Vikas. I know if I just tell him something, it will be done. This is just it will be done. Muttu for example. I mean there's so many people, Dimple, so many people. If I just say that, okay, please do it, please do it, right? So therefore, my thinking, when I think and interact with people, is I just try to understand where they fit in, what is their interest, and then nurture that. And that is how the individual transformation happens. At the collective level, when we're trying to say that we're trying to build an ecosystem, right? I'm not even using that uh, that we're trying to build an ecosystem because it sounds very grand. But at some point, it is good to say it. If you remember uh, our journey of conversations, uh, uh, sometimes because there are people have attacked all oh, these ecosystem builders. You know, I'm a sensitive person, so there, there are people on Twitter who, who will abuse me. They all oh, these ecosystem builders, some kind of things. That is for some, somebody else. Like Prasanna doesn't publish something in time, so I am accused because I am invested in Swaraj and I'm an ecosystem builder. So this happens. So for a long time, I stopped using the word uh, ecosystem and launching an ecosystem. But I said, no, I think we need to 
realize that there's a science, there's a methodology, there's a structure to building an ecosystem. And that structure is broadly what I say connect, cooperate, and collaborate. Where first step is you just connect with each other, then somebody asks you help and you cooperate with him. And then finally you come together. You come together and work and create a new body of work. And that's how an ecosystem qualities should be of connect, cooperate, and collaborate. And that and in the economy, we are trying to do it through positive collaborations in a very systematic way, and I will tell you how. Creating networks consciously and giving grants. So when this grant, that is supposed to be a, a water can. Okay, so I'm not so good in drawing, but that's a so when you're giving grants, so when people come and ask for a grant, that's what you're doing. Because there's an independent effort that's happening, and they're supporting that effort, and that effort will blossom. Right? So look at it. Networks and collaborations. What kind of collaborations? Think about the collaborations that we have. We have research institutes we have developed it. Collaboration KSRI, Research Institute of Collaboration, DP Santanam, DDS, Uncle. We set up a chair. So it's a formal collaboration. When I say collaboration, there's a formal engagement. It's not a one time time. There's, a, there's an understanding that we will work together repeatedly and on and on for a common purpose. So it's like we have a collaboration with MIT. And I asked him, so we are doing so many things, and I asked him, how many things have we done? So he said, five things that we have done. We have done a mediation conference, a sociology conference, Sassic Research Methodology conference, giving grants to the children. So there's a deeper engagement at the institutional level that transcends me and him, and that remains in the institutional memory between our university and the academy, saying that there's a collaboration. And we wrote letters to 16 Sanskrit universities. 16, there are 16 Sanskrit universities, we wrote a letter to all of them. And that we want to collaborate with you. And we started with saying that, okay, we have grants. Now, we have a relationship with 11 universities. And this has happened in the last six months. Where I started. And Likewise, NGOs, for example, heritage, we hear Major Lakshmi talk about home charitable trust. It's like a deeper engagement. We have been giving grant them for three years, then we spoke to Jala, who gave a bigger grant, and there's a deeper engagement now that we made this documentary. And that's how. So when we think about relationships uh, and, and how do we formally engage with them, how do we crystallize a, a long-term engagement with them? through collaborations. And that is what is happening here, consciously. We have a collaboration with uh, India Foundation for Center for Soft Power. We have a collaboration with the Direct Investment Endowment. We have a collaboration with Mahabharata, Vedavyasa Studies, Mahabharata. So this is the formal engagement. And the networks is what we're trying to do, the domain specific networks. The activist network, which is raising money, a bunch of people who are interested in leveraging Indica Academy's contribution and raising money. Scholar network, Mimamsa network. How specialists can get, get into Mimamsa network? Uh, now, Vinayachal uh, uh, is talking about a yoga network. Author network we have, artist network. So this is how, if you think of how these domain-specific can connect with each other. And within that, what's the framework for collaboration? The collaboration can be for infrastructure, for reach, again collaboration with Swaraja, for example. So some articles we reach out and say, please, can you push this? Because they have a very big reach now. They're almost a mainstream media. So that reach is the collaboration. Then technical expertise, for example, we have with MIT, they bring in some technical and then we support. Then finance is, of course, my phone banking friend, previous. <laughs> and here is where the city network 
that we have created, we have created. That we have uh, in Patna, we are in Baroda, we are in Tirpur, we are now in uh, Indore, uh, Videshi. I mean, just think about it. So we have now all over the world, say so we have 30 places, 20 places in India and then there is outside India. Think about it. Can we think about creating 100 city network in this year? What does it take? What, how do we select people? Right? In Maharashtra itself, I was uh, uh, talking to Shafali about her book launches because it's in Marathi. Uh, so the usual suspects we have around, we have chapter in Akbar and Pune and Mumbai. Right? But what? There are something like eight or ten more cities in Maharashtra that are waiting to be tapped. And this is a good opportunity. You have a good Marathi book. This is a good opportunity to expand your network and create a, a density Maharashtra network. And we were talking about uh, in UP how we expand the network. So in a year's time, look at how we can expand to a hundred city kind of thing. And just imagine the kind of effort that requires in terms of questions and doubts and issues processes that have been placed. Just think about that aspect of how we scale, because that's one of the things that we need to discuss. Say that we are 20 today, can we become 100? And what does it take to become 100? Right? Because there is value that we are doing. Because of the network that we have created, we have a situation where Nitin has been able to have a book launch in Patna with the five very, very important uh, people on the stage with him. It would have not happened if this network was nurtured, not nurtured. And this is an important thing, this network creation, global network creation is an important element in the revival. And so what are the qualities of that coordinator? What should that coordinator be? He's an organizer, obviously. He's reaching out. What are the things that he should think of? How he has to network with the local colleges, how he has to network with the local people, all these things. And what are his uh, decision points? Right? Everything cannot be Hariji, no. Then someone said, uh, you know, can I spend? I said, don't come back to me. After 20,000, just take a decision. So you're shocked. I said, look, otherwise you can't scale. If we are not process driven, and accountability, process-driven and accountability, then we can't scale. So if I have to take an on-the-spot decision, I have to be able to take it. And I have to have some parameters and say that, okay, my budget is this, up to 10% additionally, I have a freedom to take. Another 10 to 20% I have to consult somebody else. If it's more than 20,000, I will consult the office. I mean, just think about it. Then what happens if you have a process-driven like that, then decision making is simple. It will become people are empowered. Right? And this is something we have given 263 grants in the last four years. 263 grants. And, and if you see how these grants are involved, this is this is a framework. I, so it's not started as saying, okay, these are the kind of grants. No. This is how it looks like when you look at all these data and look at all these people that we have supported. This is what it looks like, right? We have given grants for events, grants for promoting events, we have given grants for scholarship, registration, you want to attend something, you have paid registration fees for travel, for research, for general purposes, for project. For example, Vedavapi have given a grant for project. You give a grant for Hashitim's uh, movie. It's a project. It's a special project. Likewise, you have given for another system to report on the body. It's a project. So when when you react to a request for a grant, you have to have a framework. You say, okay, this is how it is happening. So and that enables that individual efforts. That enables that individual efforts for nurturing this ecosystem. 
ground is how the building is. Like Ritamkara, we have a collaboration. We've given a couple of months, but now we are engaging people that with Raghu, we are offering a course for Indika Yoga. We are going to offer a course, uh, a yogi coach uh, course we will offer. So this is how we have to think of when we are thinking of nurturing an ecosystem, building an ecosystem. Now, look at, let's look at how the centers or the domains have emerged. First and foremost, this is the IKS domain, the Intergurukula University. Again, just stuck. Makran Paranjali was appointed as the, uh, or the Institute of Administrative Services, Shimura. <laughs> service, sorry, sorry. I and then uh, what is IIS and then uh, Google and then go to website and see. There's something called Inter University. Wow, nice sounding name, Inter University. Then Google further, then it's under a UDC section 28 or something of the UDC Act. There's a concept called Inter University Center. Wow, it's not there in the West. There are couple in the Europe. But then that thought, Triggered from uh, his appointment and understanding of IAS, is that his value. Because if you want to achieve scale, right? So, we have, there was once an idea to set up a liberal arts college in Hyderabad. And thanks to Modi government, I didn't set up. Okay, because there are no separation at all, right? But I understand Modi government, because most of you know my students of how BJP did this, but anyway, that's, that's separate. But, this, supposing this happened, supposing we set up a liberal arts college, right? This transformation, what, that's limited. That's limited. We call, why is it limited? Because there's one campus, then there's some gold for investment, always raising money and all that. In 15 years time, there'll be 2,000 children coming out. And within this, there's all these issues of faculty, they, you know, being kidnapped and left is taking over like Ashoka University has done, all kinds of things, this are there. But on the other hand, if you're a hub, an inter-university hub, right, and that hub can reach out to all the universities and make the difference. So that is what this is now. And then, when I met Dattaraj uh, uh, at uh, uh, Om Charitra Trust thing, uh, and then he, then he told me about the kind of work he's doing of mapping all the Gurukulas and we talk about it. Why don't we think of a situation where there is a comprehensive Gurukula, India's first ground up post independent, you can do all these titles. Comprehensive. It has all the branches because yesterday's Gurukula, for example, had only four branches, right? It had Dimamsa, it had Vedanta, it had Yakarna, right? This is the four branches that they did. But supposing you have a, a Gurukula for uh, Dharma Shastras, you have Gurukula for uh, uh, what is that? Dhanu Veda, right? Dhanu Veda. So you just think about it. There are gaps. In the Gurukul market out there, there are gaps. So this would be a comprehensive Gurukulam that will have all the branches. It will be an ideal Gurukulam constructed as for the ideal things and you know, you can just think about it. But there's a vision out there that can actually translate. Now in the same premises, supposing I also have the Indian knowledge systems research center, right? Then what happens? There's a bridge between these two in the same compound is there. But this Indian Knowledge Systems Training Center can train teachers from Perth University or Indian University they want to set up. For example, Ankhil, there, there are a lot of universities worldwide who want to introduce one module on, say, Indian psychology. They look at teachers. Indian ecology, right? We, we see Ishwara everywhere. 
that's how this thing, and then there's a whole host of how we are centered around ecology and sustainability and craft. There's a lot of thought, uh, some courses have been designed. But think about it, if you want to offer it in a normal college anywhere in the world, there are no teachers. Which is what Sai is going to talk about on the dedication of IKS, what he's trying to do. Conceptualizing courses on psychology, on well-being, and all that. So therefore, this center is going to design courses and is going to offer teaching training programs. And we'll be doing research and publications and events. And the curriculum, you all know about the success we had about Canal University. Right? How about scaling up Canal University? So I met Mughal Kanitkar of Bharati Sikshimata and they are going about it in a very, very vigorous way of uh, mapping all the curriculums across India, Nepal, Bhutan, and then trying to revive that system. And they're bringing over a directory which will come out shortly. So I told him simply, saying that, let it be a vision that no Indian student, Shastra student or scholar, should ever suffer for paying fees or sustenance. Some of you simply have that vision. What does it take? Just think about it. You want to transform it. You want to just have that small little vision. Right? There are 300 good uh, uh, out there. Maybe some 10,000 students. Of which maybe 500 students for help. There are say another 500 or 300 scholars at my Thousand scholars require help. What does it mean? What does it take? But the transformation and that change can happen. You just give that simple goal, right? And then we are reviving. Did you know that in Bhagavad Gita, in the last 70 years, there has not been a Shastra Sabha held? That's how you know the oldest city in the world, more than 5,000 years. A formal there have been mini sabhas, but their formal sabha has not been held. Now we are trying to do one in July, July 11th, uh, 1617, More than 70 scholars will come from all over. This is an important thing, reviving that tradition. Then, of course, Hindi crackers, what Dimple uh, uh, is doing, which is identify, encourage, train, mentor, publish, promote, facilitate, support. In each of these words, there is an action that has happened, and we will come to that more. But broadly, courses, we've been doing, granting, giving masterclass, only interest, not yet happened, but we are curating panels for other interests. But most importantly, this is something which we want to do, which is to have a retreat for all writers, many, many writers, that could be a retreat. How do we, what are the next? Themes that are to We had a success called Urban Mexicans that had happened because of, uh, you know, it's a potentious thing. It just, uh, it just happened. But if you want to have a vision of, say, the next five years, what are the themes that need to be written about? Setting the data. Urban Mexicans, for the first time, in the history of our battle, set the agenda. That is what has happened because of that book. We set the narrative. We are not countering, reviewing, repeating, repeating. We are not doing all that. We said, we went on the front foot and smashed the model, scale. That's what happened. Now, do we leave it for chance and these kind of things? Or do we think about it in a very structured, systematic way? Okay, this is how we set the agenda. And that's what we want to do. Then the song power, the one billion index that I keep talking about. Uh, laugh at my you know, one billion index, how will it happen? Right? That's the thing, you know, one billion in days. It will happen. 
it will happen in small adjustments and small efforts. Because the one million people who are already consuming our culture, right? Whether you're talking about meditation or mindfulness or yoga or you know craft or whatever, they're already one million out of the population of seven billion. Maybe six, seven million, seven million would consuming our culture. It's just that they don't acknowledge it. So all it requires is a little bit of effort, make them recognize that connection with us. And it will happen. This is a very important initiative we've just set up. It's called Network of Indian Cultural Enterprises. Nice. This is a, a, a hopefully will be a game changer because this is like a trade body. It's a trade body of all cultural enterprises. It's a trade body of all cultural enterprises around the world for members. And they will be discussing issues relating to their particular vertical areas. Ayurveda. You know something. One in seven millennial women in the US is turning vegan or vegetarian. And if we as a nation, which probably has 29 states into 1,000 varieties of vegetarian food, if we don't grab this opportunity, then we are really sitting. And this is happening right now. It's not like yoga happened and they appropriated yoga and I didn't know about it. Now I'm trying to reach it. That's one story from the past. But vegetarianism is happening in front of our eyes today. Ayurveda and vegetarian cooking is a big thing. What are we doing to set that narrative? Is the question that we need to ask ourselves. And lastly, then, then again, spirituality. The center for spirituality is to train gurus. So what uh, with Vinay uh, Chandra we are trying to do now is to, there are several courses of 200 and 500 hours. Right? Everybody does 200 and 500 hours. All they teach you is asana and pranayama. That's what they teach you. Right? But now we need to offer authentic courses, which are complete courses, which have the Sanskritam, which have the Sutras, which has an element of Ayurveda, and then you create a Yoga Charya. Our ministry, after this Yoga Day happened, wanted to codify and all that. And then, and, and, and. So they talked about four levels. Right? What are the four levels? So they had four levels. This is yoga teacher, yoga instructor, yoga teacher, yoga examiner, and yoga charya. This was their intent. Now the last two are not there on the ministry's website. So what happened? They're also going for the pics and saying, okay, let's take pictures, let's take pictures. But the essence and the value lies in complete solution called Yoga Charya. That's what we need to do. Similarly with Vedanta. So you worldwide think of Chopras as the women have taken over. They just say, oh, everything is consciousness, it's all electricity, even I have one, this kind of stuff. Right? And that's it. What next? That's it. This way, Kuruswami Dayana Saraswati has set up, he has trained more than 300. We need to train teachers. That's what the center was doing. Lastly, the platforms that we have set up are Indic Book Club, Indic Today, Indica Pictures, Indic Knowledge Systems, Indica Yoga, iGen Plus, and Indica Moksha or Advaita These are the platforms that we have today. Book Club initially started with sending out the curated list of people. That's how it started. Then we started promoting our own members' books. We have promoted more than 51 uh, our own members' books we have promoted. Then we started promoting it to public by clicking and saying anybody wants. Then again, the, the, this platform was made an online platform, made it into a Goodreads uh, platform. 
this is what is happening. It was not, when we started out, we didn't think that we would do a good reach platform. It's happened today. In fact, Yogi is my constant critic, so she did say, oh, you know, you change this, what happened in Hong Then, <laughs> then Abhinav, uh, then he wrote something and said, okay, well, let's do this. Then I thought about it and said, okay, let's, let's, let's make a platform for, like, a good reach platform. Now, if you go, if you book up, there's a structure. Every day we give out books. There's a community that we've built. We have put all subscribers. We can become 2 lakh subscribers. As conveners, you can go to every college and say, take the this thing and say, please download in the book club standard. Simple, right? And there's a community, online community that can be built. And then we have done edit today. And of course, we also have India Facts, which is, <laughs> which is, I will stop it there. And then we have India Pictures. Uh, Gayatri is uh, set up that. We have now more than 125 videos, 3 minute videos that we have seen. And that is one activity which we need to discuss. Then, Indic knowledge systems. So, here the vision is that there is no money. Right? Like, for example, uh, Ashish has a database, I and mean, he has created, he started out his journey to create an online platform for courses. It's a no-brainer, right? In the knowledge system, we should offer online courses. Simple, and you should do it. But the problem is that people pay. The other problem is creating and building a brand. There are two issues. One is you can create the content. Second is the brand. And how do you do that when you don't have enough resources at our disposal? For both. Which is why, what we are trying to do is that there is a creation and there is a marketing element. Like Coursera, like EDS, we have created a platform, we just launched it now. For unique knowledge system, not one. So what I tell Ashish is, you keep creating content, I will advertise. So I will be the head, uh, the, the hub for advertising. It will be like Udemy. It will be like uh, a course or an EDS, so that we can raise a probably a grant. Some supposing we present this, maybe somebody will thousand crores. Then the scholars and the and the digital platforms and the universities like MIT, they can force they can concentrate on the creation. So that's the value that they're trying to do. In Indica Yoga, with like I said, we want to do this completely. This is where uh, Samya uh, has done successfully last year in the Fest. Right? That's the biggest market, that's the biggest vibe. That they will become uh, a social justice warrior or they'll, they'll become because an irrational kind of thing. And that's the market that we need to have. How do we do that? This government has not shown any inclination to change the curriculum. The minister himself is proud of it that he has not changed, so that is also one thing. And we don't know, should we wait for it and then someday, in 20 years time, there will be a change. And then after that 20 years, there will be one more generation that will be going away. And all our children will be in some other world, right? So what do we do that outside the curriculum, outside the classroom, so what is IGNWAS is trying to do is trying to change the millennial, infuse some Indic element in the millennial outside the classroom and outside the curriculum. That's the thing. And how are we trying to do that? We're trying to do that. We have this product, so we call it Yogi Plus. Very cool and happy. So Yogi Plus. So Yogi Plus means you want to learn chanting. Talk to me. You want to learn uh, uh, ethics or uh, uh, tales from our mythological stories? Right? Yogi Plus is about that. The authentic, uh, like how Swami Brahmananda did, how Vishal has doing, how to bring about that element of uniqueness. And then you have the design and exponential thinking, design and exponential. 
should be trying to do conferences, cultural experiences, courses, and competitions. And the success of last year's Indic Field Fest, where we had 30 speakers, right? But in which eight to ten speakers were, and the topics were Indian. So that's how we have to infuse it. Can't be that, okay, put a gun on the head and say this is Indian learn. It's not going to happen that way. It has to be infused. It has to be subtle. It has to be in a way that they understand and want it. And that's how uh, IGEN Plus is. And we will talk with uh, some of the talkers. And we have to ideate on how do we do it. For example, in Boston, uh, uh, I went to this place. Uh, so you know about Bhagavad but the problem I found was that a lot of parents do not want to send their children to a particular gurus. There also there is a certain amount of secularism that's there that non-samurai uh, uh, is more acceptable. Then if I send it to a Ramakrishna Mahat, because there are certain sectarian monks also, for example, Swaminara is there. So you, you don't go. So you, so you just say, okay, let me send to a a secular kind of thing, not secular, a non-sampradar kind of thing. So, in Boston, for example, uh, weekend courses that are happening in a similar way, three, three uh, students, uh, three uh, schools, all the other children come there. It's fantastic. It's a hugely successful uh, program, self-sufficient. That's what we need to think of. That's what I want to uh, discuss with uh, Maria and Nilan Kumar also. How do we do, like for example, I was on the board of uh, a school recently. So I asked the person, say that, can we in this kind of, this is, <coughs> this is a posh British uh, cutting school, this is a high-end school. So I asked him, can we, if we offer it as an option, on a Sunday, uh, for two hours, the children come, and if I teach them camping, and if I teach them uh, stories from he said, yeah, there is option. And out of 3,000 children, he said, at least 700 people will come, children will come. Because parents are also on a bit, they don't have a way in which they can infuse that system. So if you put in these elements of sustainability, yoga, mindfulness, and these things, you can have. Just imagine if we are able to do a process-driven training program, how many school children we can impact? We don't need, uh, we don't need the uh, MHRDs changing the syllabus. They can do what they want. But this two hours, if you are able to train, like our, how our uh, teachers, the standard curriculum, if you are able to train and offer it as an option in all the schools, thousand schools, each with three thousand. Just imagine, three lakh children will get benefited because of this. And it's all self-sustaining and profitable. It's not, it's not some charity. Because the parent will pay. This is something which you should think about very deeply. Because with our network, what we can create is a huge impact in the children. Who are our really primary customers. If you are able to design this course, Train teachers, select teachers locally. Agrame, you must select, you know, ten teachers in this, you know, in Gita chanting, Sloka chanting, in the stories, right? And in ten schools, you are able to offer that on an optional basis, right? There's no backlash or anything optional. Just imagine the impact. And across, because we have a standard program, standard centralized training program. Teachers come, train, go. It's, 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 a, it's something for you to think about. And of course, this is something which we started off very early. Now we have more than 6,000 videos in Sanskrit on Vyakarana and all the things with more than 30 views and just a better time. So, this is the overall picture of the last four years in terms of the uh, of course the activities and all that you already know but just this gives you a perspective of where each one fits in 
everything fits into a particular thing. It's not like there's a jigsaw puzzle solution that's happening afterwards. I didn't even realize that there's a jigsaw puzzle in the first place. But now if you see, there's a beautiful pattern that has emerged with the structure, with the thought, with the you know, uh, focus and segmentation. Each person trying to look at something. Dhoni is looking at India today, Jitin is looking at India past, Soumya is looking at Island Plus, Gayatri is looking at uh, uh, Indica pictures, Nikol is looking at Center for Indica pictures. And each of, uh, uh, each of you have uh, your own uh, Sadhana being manifested, right? Your own personality being manifested. That's the beauty thing. That's the beautiful thing. In terms of transforming individuals in our own ecosystem and having something to do which is aligned with your capability and passion and expressing yourself. And that is what we have achieved so far. So we will now progress into individual sessions. I have requested, uh, so today we will have uh, Prasanna uh, uh, talk about uh, uh,